When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. listeners welcome back to a pod of their own this is episode 186 of a pod of their own i am allison mccaig and i am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts linda sarovich hello linda hey allison and maggie wiggin hello maggie hi allison so not a whole lot of Mets stuff has happened since we last recorded. Um, we talked about Carlos Mendoza uh, last uh, time we recorded, but since the Mets hired Mendoza, they have since filled out their coaching staff. Um, we know that uh, the pitching coach and the hitting coach, Jeremy Hefner, and um, oh my God, I wrote Hefner and Barnes and I didn't ro- write ba- uh, Barnes's first name. What's his first name? <laughs> This is a great sign. This This is is, we're starting off great. This is so much. It's Jeremy too. I was like, I was like, (laughs) I was like, Jeremy's Barnes and Hefner. The Jeremys (laughs) are still employed by the Mets, um, so they get to keep their jobs. Fine. I don't know. I feel like, while I don't know which one of them, or like think necessarily one of them to go it also seems weird that they had the year that they did and this is what um and this is what we're coming back with i agree like, that there's kind of nothing moving around there i agree i am not necessarily angry about this but i'm somewhat confused by it um especially since it seems the pitching took a big step back last year yeah so that was an intriguing one. I'm not saying, like you said, I'm not mad at it. It's just, it it could have been justified, too. It's yeah. a bit of a head-scratcher. That's, yeah. that's how I feel like I would describe it best. Yeah, it's odd. So they're staying in place. And it's like, I think the other thing that makes it odd, in addition to just, you know, they haven't odd. <laughs> really done anything to to prove that they should keep their jobs. They haven't really done anything to earn it. Um, the other thing that makes it odd is just like I feel like they have the Mets have a new president of baseball operations under a relatively new owner. They're clearly trying to like change the direction of the organization and like shape it in a certain way, but they're still carrying guys over from like the Sandy era. And I just find that weird. And like they're not not just in the coaching staff, like in the front office too, they've made a bunch of new hires in the front office that we already talked about uh, last week or last uh, time we recorded two weeks ago. But they like there are other guys that are still Sandy Alderson era guys that are still there. And so it's still, again, this weird like mix of philosophies. And it's like, I would like the Mets to actually have one single organizational direction. <laughs> they well, can't I, like, seem I to manage un- that. I would understand it if this was, if, you know, nothing against the Jeremys, but these aren't (laughs) guys with like decades of experience and like 
long track records of success. And it just, I, I just wish I kind of understood why. And like, maybe, you know, just putting something positive out there, perhaps they impressed Mendoza and David Stearns with good ideas for the future. Wouldn't that be something? But I think that I have to ask the question. Or is it just that they don't want too much turnover in a single year? Do you want some consistency? I mean, not that you really want consistency from last year. Like, let's not do that (laughs) again. It is like, it is a question because then you also have them saying like, oh, well, so-and-so wants a complete you know, wants to have their guys in and wants, you know, to to bring in the new class. And I don't know. It's I feel like it's one of those things where they will always say it works better one way or the other. Yeah. But, maybe maybe when it comes to consistency, the Mets should start with having a GM in place for more than one year. <laughs> I'll, we'll just start there. And a coach <laughs> for more, more than two years. GMs 2024. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously. Um, Speaking of which, uh, a a smaller note that's not coaching staff related um, that is related to the GM is that the Mets did say or David Stearns, I think, said I don't remember who said it or if it was Steve Cohen, but they said that they aren't hiring a GM this uh, cycle, which is not surprising because it's it would be kind of late in the game to bring on a GM at this stage, like right before the winter meetings. So uh, David Stearns is basically the GM right now. But eventually, I think the idea is to have a GM in addition to David Stearns helping him run things. But for now, it's just David Stearns filling the role of president of baseball operations and GM, which a lot of that's not unique. Like other teams do this. The Mets have done it in the past themselves. So, but yeah, it's very like fine is the energy I bring with that one. Like fine. Okay. Yeah. I think that's proven capable of in that role. So, um, so the other part of the coaching, the other parts of the coaching staff, um, is that they hired um, former Blue Jays manager John Gibbons as bench coach, also former Mets player, <laughs> um, and uh, former... Because it's not the Mets without a 1986 player involved somehow. Exactly. <laughs> Gotta have a guy connected to the Mets in some way involved. Otherwise, it ain't Just the as Mets. as long as it's not Wally Backman. Yes, yes. <laughs> I will say, Although in Hefner the year of our Lord, 2023, in the year of our Lord, 2023, I saw that name in black and white, and I thought that was ridiculous. I'm glad it's over. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I don't know, like, how much does the bench coach really matter? But also, yeah, like, right. come on, let let let's mm-hmm. let's let but let's let bygones be bygones in that regard. Let's not yeah. let's not rehash that era. Um, and uh, the Mets also hired um, longtime Guardians third base coach Mike Sarba as their third base coach. Um, Gibbons is an interesting hire to me because my dad and I were talking about this. It's like he he seems like the uh the kind of like a red ass veteran old school baseball type, and it's like you just fired Buck Showalter <laughs> and you brought in basically another kind of Buck Showalter archetype as your bench coach. And I guess he's supposed to be like the foil for the like first time manager. 
But it's kind of like, what? Like, why did why'd you fire Buck Showalter just to bring, hire Buck Showalter as your bench coach? Whatever. You just keep Buck as your bench coach. At least Kalina will still have her Mets grandpa around. Yeah, it, it's weird. I mean, like, I don't think that this will actually be a problem because, again, like, I... I'm mostly confused about what the what a major league bench coach even does, really, <laughs> except manage the games when the the manager gets thrown out. But really, they're just getting texts from the manager the anyway. Official vibes guy. It's the vibes guy. Um, so it's fine. Like I don't think it will actually have an impact, but I just find it weird that they went with this like first time manager and now they're just like doing a they're putting a buck show walter equivalent as the bench coach um the guy who's the third base coach i mean like he like he has a good reputation the guys on the guardians liked him like i don't know like what what else there is to say um there was a long conversation that happened like late at night when i was already asleep it is rare that i am asleep that i'm asleep late at night because i'm a night owl but these days now that the dog gets up at 6 a.m i'm actually asleep during like midnight hour conversations in group chats and other places so i missed some of that stuff there was a conversation in group chat i'm a part of that i'm glad i missed because it was all about like debating whether Francisco Lindor has like too much influence on the Mets and their hiring decisions. Uh, and uh, uh, I was uh, like, I was like, there is no evidence. Like, yes, this is dislike. like, this is <laughs> Francisco. This is Francisco Lindor's th- former third base coach. Yes. I'm sure Francisco Lindor is a good relationship with Mike Sarba. There is no evidence that Francisco Lindor asked Steve Cohen to hire or or asked David Stearns or whoever to hire his favorite third base coach. There's no evidence that that's well, what's going like, on. So what if he like shh, if he like picks up the phone and he's like, hey, I know you're looking for a third base coach. And I just wanted to say I had a really great experience working with this guy. You should maybe consider looking into him even if he had said that how is that inappropriate at all it's not a problem i like people are making this huge thing out of it and it's weird and and it's not like he's not qualified for the job it's not like they hired some rando because buddies with lindor it's not like lindor was like hey can you hire my cousin to be the third base coach and they were like sure francisco he's not eric adams allison (laughs) (laughs) Like, he is actually qualified for the job, and it's fine. And, like, yeah, maybe Lindor put a good word in, but we don't actually know that. So why are we mad about it? Like, but doesn't anybody who applies for a job, if you know somebody in the organization, you're going to tell them, can you put in a good word for me? Like, anybody would do that. Right. And I sincerely doubt that, like, he's. I'm sure he still had to interview for the job and everything, yes. you guys. It's fine. Ay, ay, ay. And are we really going to get that mad about a third base coach? Yeah, like, who cares? It's a third base coach. <laughs> yeah. Did they hire a first base coach? I didn't see news of that. Because I don't I... think that Wayne Kirby is returning. No. I think that we knew that. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think they hired... Off-season problems, folks. It's hard to stay up on all of them. Yeah, no, I, I don't think they've filled that position yet. 
Well, and also, I feel like arguing about a third base coach just shows how slow this offseason is going. Yes. Oh, wait. <laughs> there was a report that the Mets will soon announce the hiring of Anton Richardson. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Antoine. An- Antoine. Antoine. All I want to know is will he send Brandon Nimmo? <laughs> That's, yes. I like, will he be Brandon the one? Brandon Nimmo doesn't want to be sent. But he Someone, someone's got to do it. He's yeah. obviously wrong. <laughs> yeah. We need to fix who's going to fix Tell Brandon. Brandon Nimmo. He's wrong. I literally just recently wrote Brandon Nimmo's season review for Amazing Avenue. And a big part of it was about like his base stealing and how like in the beginning of the year, we all thought that he was going to become a base stealer because of the new rules. And like halfway through the season, he just like gave up and was like, I can't do it. He literally gave quotes about it was like, I'm really bad at it. So I just like, stopped trying. he's not bad at it. Like, no, he just screwed up and he like, made got well, from that. He made the, well, it, a combination of two things happened. He got hurt a couple of times, like not like hurt, hurt, like, like injured list hurt but like banged up a couple of times like mm-hmm. like sliding into second base on steal attempts and he made the final out of that one game trying to steal second base when the Mets were down two runs and so he was like that's it I give up yeah like but relatable again. energy to me a person who when I'm not good at something I give up on it instantly like that is that is a a toxic personality trait of mine <laughs> so I can relate to Brandon <laughs> Antoine, you have your work cut out for you. Yes, Fix we believe Nimmo. in you. Make him steal the bases. I believe in you. Yeah. If you get hired, which it sounds like is probably going to happen, weird yeah, thing to leave. He is coming from the Giants, by the way. So that's that's his previous organization. Did so. Francisco Lindor put in a good word for him, <laughs> right. Allison? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, so that's it, it regarding the coaching staff. Um, the Mets also hired, um, Bloomberg, former Bloomberg media CEO, M Scott Havens to be president of business operations. So this is essentially for people who aren't familiar with the ins and outs of how like baseball franchises work. This, this was basically the role that Sandy Alderson was doing before, um, where he basically runs everything except baseball operations. So David Stearns is running baseball operations, everything to do with like acquiring players and care about and payroll. Yeah. Like everything that most people uh, who are fans of a team care about. Um, and then like David Stearns controls what we hope to talk about on the podcast and the new guy controls the things that inevitably we end up having to talk about, even though it is bullshit. Yep. <laughs> Stuff that we don't want to actually talk about on the podcast. We have to talk about. Um, yeah. Everything else about how the about how the organization is run and like the the stadium and like everything like that. Um, so, yeah, he's he's president of business operations. I mean, no. I don't. Whatever. He's a businessman. Have... That's for sure. He's, <laughs> he's, anybody he's in part of the business factory. Before him? Um, I think, like, was Sandy Alderson still, like, the shadow president? <laughs> I don't know. I think he might have been. <laughs> well, they, like, no, because he announced, they, had this they announced that Sandy was doing, was now doing an advisory role, and they announced that a while ago. So I don't know in the interim who was doing all this stuff. We need some kind of Steve a like, Cohen himself, his, possibly nerd Maybe. podcast that actually covers the leadership of the New York Mets over 
the centuries of their existence. So I need like, like British guys who, you know, do a lot of research talking about the complicated family tree of Mets front office. I need one of those big cork <laughs> boards with like twine and photos of people. That's what we need. Like a web. The Mets like the Mets leadership web. And a yeah. A big question mark with a circle. It says Jared Porter. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Like one of the conspiracy theory boards. The real? <laughs> real? Fake? Imagined? Yeah. Who can say? Speaking of like it's Bigfoot on this board. I want to Speaking know. of disgraced former Mets GMs who may not be real, <laughs> Zach Scott has been like tweeting um a lot recently. He just like I don't know if he made the Twitter account recently or just like started tweeting again from a previously like inactive account, but he's just he's just out here tweeting. About like stuff that happened during his tenure and like mostly why it wasn't his fault. Yeah, of course. Like I'm trying oh, wow. like this is this is fascinating radio, but I'm trying to like find like some of the tweets that he tweeted. Now my I conspiracy think- theory is that this is not really Zach Scott. That's really an interesting conspiracy theory. Yes. I like and, that. I mean with Twitter, you never know now. Yeah. This is true. What's his actual like handle? Oh, I just feel oh, like Zach Scott Sports. With, is that it? Yeah. With all the empathy in my heart, Zach Scott, this is not how you're supposed to do the twelve steps. It's the other way around. You're <laughs> yeah. supposed he's, to. I mean, you're it's, supposed to say you're sorry. It's very clear that he's trying That's to get a, tea. It's very clear he's trying to get a job. Yes. Like, I feel like going like spilling business on Twitter is definitely not how I would get a job. <laughs> I would shut my mouth. <laughs> But then look at me. <laughs> so I'm trying to find. Oh, yeah. The the oh, the McCann stuff was hilarious. And he tweeted about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. He takes the blame for nothing. Yeah, no, I know. Um, So let me let me like find the series That's of real tweets he tweeted about. Business right there. Mm-hmm. Never take responsibility. Nope. Any- it wasn't my idea. I was against it the whole time. Like, yeah, oh, so- look at the buck stopping way over there. There was a series of tweets he made. This was on November 22nd. Um, it starts with, I gathered 50 unique topics that I'll try to address over time. I'm thinking about starting a podcast so I could answer some of the bigger ones on that. Otherwise, I'll just reply with individual questions, uh, reply to individual questions in the thread. First, I'll list the questions I can't answer. I either wasn't around for it or don't know enough to answer questions about Cano. <laughs> like, and there's a bunch of stuff. Uh, bets, uh, like bets for Harvey. I don't think parentheses right. don't think that's real. Um, there's there's a lot, and, and real Muto slash McCann is one of those topics. And then he followed with McCann contract was done by Sandy Porter and I were were GM finalists still interviewing when that was finished before i interviewed i removed my case for real real muto over springer from the presentation because mccann was just about completed unfortunately my post led to and then he followed like later with unfortunately my post led to sandy bashing which i don't like i was just being accurate we all make mistakes i sure did yeah no shit sherlock yeah i think drunk would be one of them then I again, gotta say, I think people... it's pretty clear he definitely does need a job because he is spending a lot of time on Twitter. Yeah. Like, my goodness, buddy. I, yeah. Please get a job. I love how like, he just Zach Scott. had to please do a whole, a whole series of tweets like, James McCann was not my fault. 
Oh, if man. I start tweeting anything about like James McCann not being my fault or whatnot, just just please, please just take me aside and explain that I need to get myself together because this is embarrassing. Oh, yeah. He also talked about the bias trade, too. Um, he said, like, address trade wasn't even that bad. I know people hate it, though. Um, addressing the pressures at the deadline. I've seen people say that Steve, Sandy, or Lindor were the drivers for that trade. That's absolutely not true. It was made clear to me that we had to do something significant, which is not an ideal starting point, but it was what it was. I asked Lindor about Baez's makeup and how he thought Javi may handle the transition to New York, but that was his only participation in the process. So this is another, this was kind of another thread in the does Lindor have too much influence conversation because like people think that like Lindor like did the buy like essentially did the Baez trade there was like reporting about that at the time about how like Lindor was pushing for Javi Baez on the Mets because they're friends and you know they've played together they really like each other um but like there's no way that like Zach Scott literally denies this like on Twitter I mean it is literally Zach Scott so take Take it that way you will. Is it though? Is it? I still could is be somebody Zach- crying for attention. Well, do we have proof this is Zach Scott no. or somebody creating fan fiction? We don't. I mean, there's an awful. I mean, I, I, I will never underestimate the ability of somebody to make fan fiction, but these are a lot of tweets. This seems. And I feel like it's like stuff that stuff that if you were trying to be Zach Scott, you wouldn't even say. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I know it's just weird. It's all of a sudden this dude just starts tweeting and asking for attention. It's because he's trying to get a job. (sighs) Yeah, that would make sense. He's like, ignore the uh, ignore the uh, DUI. I here's all the uh, here's all my stuff that I know. I'm very smart. I'm going to tweet about it all. Can these people (laughs) just go away? Smartest people always go straight to tweet about it. Yeah. The smartest people tweet through it. Everybody knows this. Like, I haven't thought of Zach Scott in years, and now I here I am thinking about Zach Scott. Can these people just go away? Yeah, well. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I guess I guess this is a good transition to uh, speaking of <laughs> tweeting through it. Uh, Mets affiliated people that should stop tweeting through it. We had a we had an incident involving Howie Rose on Twitter that like, Oh, <laughs> almost blew up into a thing and it, it, it probably isn't a thing but uh ooh, i hope it doesn't become a thing so howie rose tweeted at one point this was i guess on friday i think he tweeted like i hear otani news may be coming soon or something like that and uh and everybody of course went ape shit because this is you know the guy who does the radio for the Mets tweeting about Otani news and it's like why would and he's he like tweet? not a guy to do that either right he's no. not a scoops guy he's a radio broadcaster and so like why would the Mets radio broadcaster be tweeting about Otani news unless it was related to the Mets 
Um, and he very quickly had to retract that and said like, oh, I was just kidding. <laughs> or like uh, the operative word was like, maybe and soon. Uh, ha, ha. Like it was very clear that someone on the Mets was like, shut up, Howie, for God's sake, stop tweeting stuff. And so he had to retract it. But because like Shohei Otani said very clearly, I do not want leaks about where I'm potentially signing. So like, Howie, shut up. <laughs> don't leak it or he won't sign with the Mets. Yeah, don't blow this for us, man. That would be the Mets luck. That would if, that would definitely if Howie Rose qualify. ruins Otani to the Mets, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Okay, it's truly like- just a curse franchise then. <laughs> Does Howie Rose, like all his years of goodwill, does that just evaporate <laughs> in one? I'll be tweet? pretty mad. I mean, um, you know, there's cer- there would certainly have to be like a grandpa didn't know what he was doing sort of a side to it. <laughs> true, With all yeah. due respect to Howie, there would definitely be like a how does Twitter work anyway sort of. No, Uncle like Howie got drunk just, again. Like, <laughs> like he, maybe he thought he was texting. Like it could really be anything at all. Howie Rose got drunk at Thanksgiving again. Yeah, somebody forgot to take Uncle Howie's phone away. (laughs) Yeah, like Alyssa Rose got a hold of it. Seriously. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, like, I don't know. I I do wonder who he heard it from. And and, like, what what if his daughter heard something from someone? I don't know. Um, I think that, like, I mean, we'll never know. Hopefully we'll never know. Because if we find out about like what the source for this was, I have a feeling it will be like months after Otani doesn't sign with the Mets, then we'll find out about it. And if Otani does sign with the Mets, we'll probably never find out about this. Um, but I have a feeling I have a feeling that the, the Mets were just like meeting with Otani or something. And I feel like if Otani was in New York, somebody would spot him, though. I mean, right. So sure. Th- like it could have been a virtual meeting maybe it was zoom that's true but the that is the thing though he's like six foot ten or whatever how how undercover is he gonna be no yeah it's like an equal-eyed person spotted pete in the background of lacy shade bear at the the thanksgiving day parade yeah Yeah, well so like you're not going incognito if you're shohei otani in new york city it's just not gonna happen which is one of the reasons why he may not sign with the Mets, because I don't think he wants any part of that life. Wait, somebody else pointed out that he had courtside seats at the Lakers game. So somebody Fair was enough. like, oh, the Dodgers are whining and dining Otani. Yeah, so well. It's like, well, what are we going to do? Send Otani to the next game? We can't compete with the Lakers. We don't have LeBron. Eh, lots of celebrities go to Knicks games, though. It's like kind That's of true. That is true. That is true. It's like kind but of the same to have some sort of a like Mystique. magical draw that, yeah. you know, no matter what people always seem to it's be a place to there. be seen. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the Knicks, as far as like, like looking cool at a New York sporting event, it, I feel like it's the Yankees and the Knicks. Like those are the two New York teams that are like the cool ones. Do not send him to a football game under any circumstances. What? Tommy DeVito ain't doing it for you? My New Jersey mans, please. He's doing better than everyone expected. That's a Come sad part. Come on. Um, oh, God. If you want a taste of Jersey life, Otani, here it is. Yeah, seriously. Um, Although but- I was offended that they played the Sopranos theme when they took the field. No, 
That is for the sheriff only. <laughs> no, and and Linda, to be fair, and for Rutgers. Every time Rutgers football takes the field, they play the Sopranos theme song. Okay, fine. I'm sure they've been doing it for years. Then fine. I will grant them that. Yeah, I don't know how long they've been doing it. I just know that it's a thing right now. But. Okay, fine. I was... Don't take that away from the Chirp. It, it's, it is a very good thing that the Chirp does. Hopefully we'll hear more of it next year. I know. Um, brings back Chirp memories and I'm upset. Uh... So in like free like Mets related free agency news, there isn't much. Um, I, obviously the Mets I think are interested in Otani, but like who isn't? Like that's not news. <laughs> like I think the, everybody yeah. except the Mariners is officially in. <laughs> the Mariners are like, oh no, please don't consider us involved in the in that. <laughs> <laughs> Our enemies are spreading vicious rumors <laughs> that we are in on Sho- Shohei Otani. Let us be abundantly clear we are out. Please let us clear this up. <laughs> let us clear this up. We don't want the good player. Too expensive. <laughs> we will instead trade Eugenio Suarez for garbage. <laughs> We're going to keep doing that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, competing, we tried it once, didn't like it. We'll try it again in a couple years. Yeah, Wish they'd trade us somebody who's for garbage our, our 50- I feel like everybody is around getting good players for garbage where's our good yeah, player for garbage come on. Like our 53 percent over 10 years plan still going strong i want a good player for garbage period yeah well, come on we'll see if jared Kelly somebody's gonna want garbage smith who wants drew smith come on the mets do they tendered him a contract <laughs> Sadly, there the Mets want a pulse in the bullpen. So yes, 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 you know. But it was leaked that they were shopping him right before they tendered him a contract. They're like, well, nobody wants him, so I guess we. Yeah, well, him. yeah, that's the, that was clearly a someone. Please take Drew Smith <laughs> a leak that, and it didn't work. <laughs> no one wants Drew Smith. Um, <laughs> poor Drew Smith. <laughs> no one wants our garbage. Uh, so yeah, the. The uh, the only other free agency sort of news is obviously that the Mets are, along with the Yankees and others, very interested in Yamamoto, um, who has officially been posted. So that sweepstakes has begun. Um, according to reports, he is expected to meet with teams by Zoom or phone this week, which will and then he'll use those meetings to like narrow down the list of contenders and he'll meet with the finalists in person at the winter meetings next week. Um, at one point it was reported that he would prefer to play for a team with a Japanese player or like Japanese players. And that, and that made the Mets fans, all of us very excited because obviously we have, we have one of those, um, which would give the Mets the advantage, but his agent insists that that was a like translation issue that he just simply said he wouldn't mind playing with other Japanese players. It wasn't like, oh, I prefer it. It was like, oh, I, that would be fine with me sort of thing. I don't know. I don't speak uh, Japanese, so I don't know if that's true. Well, so they um, they were interested in Severino, and according to all my Yankees fans' cousins, that would be, they're like, oh, no, he's totally washed. You don't want Severino. That is certainly a high-risk, uh, <laughs> high-reward sort of situation. They were like, he was great when he was good, but they're like, no, he's totally not great anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I that, think that, that would be bad. Like, we've we've had Severinos before. Yeah. yeah we've we've yeah. done this before. 
Um, but that that would be pretty underwhelming, even as a second pitcher acquisition. But ugh, who knows? the The starting pitching market is starting to thin out, as they say. So, um, congratulations, Zach Wheeler. I guess I, he I, deserves it. I Fine. Wish. Um. So. We already alluded to this, the other bit of Mets news. We already alluded to this uh, by talking about how they tendered Drew Smith a contract. The non-tenders are uh, Daniel Vogelbach, Luis Guillorme, Jeff Brigham, Sam Coonrod, and Trevor Gott. Um, All other arbitration-eligible players are tendered, including DJ Stewart, notably. um, And the Churv. And the Churv. um, (laughs) And David Peterson, among others. so I think the only surprise, uh, somewhat surprising name on the list of non-tenders to me is Luis Guillorme. Um, I think that obviously there was some questions as to whether Vogelbach would be tendered, but I don't think that was, I don't think that was, that's all that surprising. Like he was going to get paid like a fair amount of money. And I think the Mets want to move on from him in the DH role. Um, so there's better bats out there. Yeah, there's, find. there's better bats. And I think that the Mets are not interested, no longer interested in having like the player that can only DH and doesn't do anything else. So, um, I would like to fill that with Shohei Otani. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. A plus. But we'll see what happens there. Yeah. I'm kind of sad about Luis Guillorme. I, I yeah. feel like he should have gotten a spot, but um, there's like he's basically a backup shortstop on a team that has an all star all star shortstop. Although he didn't make the Lindor should have made the all star team and he didn't, but you know what I mean. Um, a shortstop well, that he, plays every day, <laughs> and he's also but he's also the the kind of player that I like, Luis Guillorme, and maybe the Mets sign him back, but. Players like Guillerme, you can sign for less than he was probably going to get in arbitration. And it's not to say that, like, that's how it should all go. But from, like, the baseball as a business perspective, like, he's the kind of player that gets non-tendered. Yeah. And and I think that it wouldn't be all that surprising for him to land on a second division team and be their starting shortstop. That would not surprise me all that much to see a team like, I'm trying to think of a of a team like a bad team that doesn't have a starting shortstop because I was going to say like the Tigers or something, but Javier Baez is on the Tigers. Keep forgetting oh, because Javi. he had the worst year ever last year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you, you know, a non-competing team, I could see rostering Luis Guillorme on the cheap to be their starting shortstop because he's very good defensively, and if he hits enough, you know, it's. Luis Guillorme is not a very good hitter, but sometimes he hits enough. And when he hits enough, you can squint your eyes and see a starting shortstop because of how much value he provides on defense. Well, I always, if he would just be like a little better than Ray Ordonez, he could have been fine. But I mean, he his walks were way down. He just offensively he took a step back last year if I get the injuries didn't help but like he was basically rare donias and when the rest of the team is struggling you know you can't have that player in the lineup and yeah 
it is you know this is what happens (laughs) it stinks because the Mets have a whole lot of you know third baseman especially that could use a a strong defense backup player to to go in for them in games when the Mets are winning in the late innings by uh, a narrow margin (laughs) but it's not enough to to pay Luis Guillermo's arbitration salary and have a roster spot filled by him just for that purpose I I understand the Mets thinking but I'm sad about it because I also like him as a human being Again, the infield's already crowded with Mauricio now here and Baby and yeah. McNeil and, and Vientos maybe. Yeah, so yeah, you know, he, he was kind of the odd man out. Yeah, I have a feeling McNeil's going to be basically playing outfield full time. I do too. Though, yeah, given yeah. given the Mets' current outfield situation, unless they sign something like a Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, which I don't think is out of the question necessarily um, and would be a good move for them. But otherwise their outfield picture is pretty bleak. We've got, we've got obviously Brandon Nimmo in center field. You can put that in ink unless he gets hurt or something. Um, Please don't get hurt. Um, And then we've got Starling Marte with maybe half a functional groin. (laughs) (laughs) Half might be uh. (laughs) that might be generous (laughs) we'll see if his groin surgery like holds i don't know that's it's not great um and then yeah and and dj stewart that is the current outfield outlook not good so you got to put mcneil out there i think uh every day for the time being and maybe mauricio just becomes the everyday second baseman i don't know but I still feel like you need a third baseman. I don't know if you can trust Beatty. Yeah, I like I yeah, I actually think that the Mets probably need a third baseman more than an outfielder. I think could so argue. too. Um yep. third I base would, is an important position. I would love for them to sign Matt Chapman. I think that'd be a great fit, but no, I don't know if they're gonna up. do that. No, according to one of the days that I did morning news, they said they are filling the third base position internally. Great. I don't, I don't know who think said that's that. gonna go well. That's just the quote that I remember sticking out. <laughs> I.e., I hope one of them sticks during spring training because if they don't, we have no backup. We have a problem. Yeah. Yikes. They better, they better sign Otani. They need more hitters. No. And um, also pitchers. And also pitchers. And bullpen. And bullpen. And rule is- changes. <laughs> it's it's not great. And speaking of rule changes, I forgot to put this in the show notes, but I guess I'll start the baseball segment with this because I forgot to put it in the show notes, but it's rather notable, is that Major League Baseball is uh, is short is shortening the pitch clock for runners on base. Um, it was previously 20 seconds, I think, right? And now it's 18 and now it's going to be 18. Is that what it is? Oh, my God. Stop. Yeah, like it, with it, just leave it. Or it can make it longer. As as someone who was always against the pitch clock, hate to say I told you so, but this was always coming, in my opinion. Major League Baseball was never going to make it longer. They were always going to keep shortening it. And they're going to keep doing that, or at least attempting to do that, until right. they can't anymore, until it's like it's- so fast that they can't. It'll be like when you have it on like 
two times speed. <laughs> I, mean, I said fun. that. I said that to me, watching baseball with the pitch clock is like when you listen to like it's it's the same thing as when you listen to podcasts on like 1.5 X. Like some people like that because it saves them time. And I under, I can understand and appreciate that. But I that is not how I prefer to listen to podcasts. I never listen to them on 1.5 X. I listen to them on normal speed. I watch my I mean, baseball at normal either, speed. But I don't I didn't mind the the overall like the general pace of the game felt pretty good after the first couple weeks it just like felt like a kind of normal quickish game and that i was surprised by but i don't hate it but it's weird the 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 fussing with it though cut it out stop just let it be Ugh. i would have preferred them add like two to three seconds and i think i would have been fine with it i would have been fine with that also i I still find it distracting when like it goes to 10 and they put it up on the score bug. I notice it every time, but I know that that's just a me thing because people are like, you notice that? And I'm like, yeah, I notice it when a clock suddenly appears in a sport where I'm not yeah, used no, to I don't a like clock that showing either. up. Like, yeah, it, it, I feel like it falls into the same category as like the the um, strike zone for me where I get that, like, I guess some people want that information, but ultimately I think it actually sort of like can confuse it sometimes and it's distracting so yeah i find it distracting i would i would turn it off if i could yeah um so the other bit of baseball news is that um the owners voted unanimously to approve the athletics move to las vegas so that is it was already pretty official but now it's like official official um yeah so this is like it's amazing to me. I guess it's because it's been such a slow burn over the past year or two. Um, but it's amazing to me that this is not like the biggest story in baseball right now or and hasn't been the entire time this has been unfolding. Like, I'm not saying there hasn't been coverage of it. There's been plenty of coverage of it. But I feel like it's never been the thing that everybody's talking about, except for maybe that one day after the reverse boycott. Um but it, this is a big deal. This is only like the second time in the past 50 years that an MLB franchise has relocated. Um, and it's sad. It's and again, sad. And it's for shitty reasons. Yeah, it's, it's for yeah, shitty yeah. reasons. Well, I think that might be part of it is, you know, they don't want it to be a story. Yeah. Um, they only and- want to fo- focus on the good part. Like... When the stupid, um, what's that stupid dome thing in Vegas had like, welcome to Vegas A's. And it's like, oh, yeah, another failure of event. Oh, whatever. The sphere. The sphere. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm like, everything I've learned about this has been against my will. I can say that. And of course, Dolan is involved in that. Of course. Like, why am I not surprised? Oh, shock of shocks. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Gross. And of course, like, and of course, throughout all of this, John Fisher continues to step on his own, you know what? Um, And he had the absolute audacity to say to a fan's face, quote, it's been worse for me than you. Yeah, I'm sure he goes home and cries into his billions every night. I was going to say, you could just blow your nose right into that $100 bill. Good. Love it when the owner talks about how rough it's been for him. Uh, it's like you're the one abandoning the fan. Like they, 
They don't have a baseball team anymore, man. You still have the baseball team. So it's yours. You own it. What? Been worse for me than you. Shut up, John. Um, You're the one who did this. Yeah, like, we're all trying to find the guy the who, did, who this. did this. <laughs> um, and yeah, and also it remains unclear where the A's will play after 2024 because their uh, lease at the Coliseum expires before their stadium in Vegas will be ready. So for like three seasons, they're going to have to play, uh, I don't know, in a triple A stadium uh, in Sacramento, in the uh, in the in Oracle Park in San Francisco, share it with the Giants, which I'm sure that'll make Oakland fans really really happy um yeah there are really no good options here um they uh, there's also a chance that they could like get a temporary lease on the coliseum but that would involve like oakland spending literally more money on the team that is leaving their city so good luck on convincing the folks in oakland to do that this happened in hockey Rough. where uh the Coyotes, the Coyotes are a mess. And they ended up playing like in a 2000 seat college arena. <laughs> Yike, a Rooney. So I'm like, this is what I'm imagining. With the no, A's that's now. what's going to, I mean, if they play in a triple A stadium, that's basically going to be pretty much situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah exactly. and, and, like they won't fill that. I don't think. Well, they're already planning a boycott for opening day. Good. They should be. I hope they do. Yeah. I feel bad for the players. I do too. And also, I don't know if you saw the interview with Max Scherzer where he said that was the most like insane atmosphere he ever played in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, literally everybody in baseball realizes how awful this is for baseball, except for Major League Baseball themselves. Oh, speaking of Max Scherzer, he took a shot at the Mets and everyone's really mad about it. And I so do not care. Like, I just like he said something about like, oh, money is cool, but winning is even better. And I'm like, yeah, actually, he's right. So why are you so mad? And he think... got both. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that was a shot at the Mets. I think it was. I don't think so. Uh, but I don't care if it is like the Mets deserve it. Th- um, well, and also, like, honestly, at this point, if Max Scherzer is still sitting around thinking about the Mets, then that's on him. Yeah, fair enough. Good yeah. dude. Got a hobby. Yeah. But I also don't think he does think about them all that much. Probably not. Um, I I think about them too much, and I hate Max I wouldn't so. think about the Mets if I was Max Scherzer. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. Exactly. Um... So uh, the the only other there is so the hot stove isn't quite hot yet, but it's not even lukewarm. Not really. Yeah. But a few things have happened. Um, it's basically just, a crock pot. It's a crock pot um, <laughs> on, on the low on the low setting. On the low burn. Yeah. We're um, going to wake up to a lovely stew. Yeah, uh, I hope so. <laughs> The I mentioned that the Mariners traded a Eugenio Suarez to the Diamondbacks. Um, that was for uh for their garbage. Um, for backup catcher Sebi Zavala and reliever Carlos Vargas. Cool. Um, oh. traded like one of the most <laughs> beloved players on your team for that. Awesome. Can we get Kirby? I really want Kirby. He's a local guy. He's good. George Kirby is really good. I don't think the Mariners are going to trade him for our garbage. Uh, why? <laughs> why not? Because he doesn't well, make money. And, and we should remember that 
you know, one of the things the Mets did last this past season was add a lot of prospects and they haven't really spent a lot of prospects in a while. And I feel like obviously humans, not money objects, but, um, you know, they do have the capacity to pull off trades, even if somebody's not willing to just trade us Suarez for practically nothing at all. Like for sure, that is, I do hope that the Mets are um, barking up that tree because that's where I think they could, they could find some real money. I think they, less now could be a good, a good yeah. target. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They could. Yeah. The Mariners certainly aren't trading them. George Kirby because George Kirby <laughs> makes league minimum. They, they traded Eugenio Suarez because he makes money. But I want um, Kirby. Damn it. We could have Kirby memes. I know we could. We already had Kirby Wayne Kirby. <laughs> we did. We did. But nobody took advantage of Kirby memes. I'm I did. Excuse you me. Did. You did. Yes. <laughs> How dare you? I am the queen of Kirby memes. Um, I did, I did I, not do any Kirby memes. If any of our listeners are feeling, you know, like alone in this, <laughs> I did um, not do any Kirby memes. But yeah, I mean, I think that the uh, I think that Glass now could be a good target. I think the Mets should be barking up the Padres tree. Certainly, my because... Yankee again. Oh, this is poor my Padres! Yankee, this is my Yankee fan cousins again. But they're convinced the Yankees are going to trade for Soto. Oh, that. I would. Hate I mean, the they're going to try. That. I believe that. I'm well, sure the Yankees try. have to give up. Uh, they have lots of good stuff. Because I thought their miners were kind of. I feel like their now. miners are always so much better than you would think they would be, given how how high their draft or low their draft picks tend to be. Because yeah. outside of Dominguez, I didn't think they really had anybody. Um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not an expert in the Yankees system. No, I'm not either. So I never doubt the ability of the Yankees to pull off what I know without question. The Mets could never pull. And they could, <laughs> I mean, like, I and it'll be something questions. stupid too. Like they'll give up like their like seventh ranked prospect and like a bench player for Juan Soto. I was going to say they can trade. They can also certainly trade from the major league roster, which is plenty talented, even if they didn't have the season that they were hoping for. Um, But yeah, I mean, that is one area where it's it's not impossible, but there's not a lot of options for the Mets to be trading from the major league roster. It's not. No, it's it's basically I mean, it's basically Mauricio and Beatty and. And yeah. Cubs back off with the Pete Alonso rumors for God's Christ, sake. Cubs, let it go. Oh, and you're so obsessed you're embarrassing with yourselves. Yeah. Oof. Yikes. You can't have him. He's no. at a Rangers game. Rumor <laughs> has it that Pete Alonso wants to be on the Cubs so bad, says Cubs beat writers. The Cub, he was at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. He's at the Rangers game wearing a New York or nowhere shirt. No one has ever accused that man of being too subtle. It's true. (laughs) Uh, I don't understand what Pete is trying to tell us. What do you think he's trying to tell us, (laughs) y'all? I don't know. This is hard. This is hard. Mm. Um, So, yeah, the the Padres are going to be offloading salary. Um, Sadly, in part because their owner passed away. Um, So... I think the the Padres are kind of a mess uh, and were a mess before yeah. his death, to be yeah. clear. They took out like a $50 million loan just to cover payroll obligations uh, from last year. So that's not good. So they are and they have a lot of, you know, 
like long, long, expensive contracts on the books that they are going to try to out- offload some of that. Soto, um, I would not be surprised if they are fielding offers on Fernando Tatis. Um, I don't know if we, if you actually, or if we, the Mets actually want any part of that, um, given the injury history, the, uh, PED history and the fact that he is owed a whole lot of money. I mean, like he's, he's really young and really, really good at baseball, but I don't know. There's, there's a lot, it's a lot of baggage there and not just the money. So, I mean, I will say if they call. I'm listening. Sure, sure. I am always listening to hear what is going to go out on the table with that offer. Because, yeah, for sure. I would target their pitching more. Yeah. Yeah. They do have, they do have old shiny years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> old shiny years. Old shiny years. <laughs> he would be the one I would target, honestly. Oh, uh, Yeah. Um, like he would be a fine three after Yamamoto and Senga. Sure, sure. Um, especially since uh, a couple of the other like three, two, three type guys have recently signed. Signed. Uh, the top, some of the top pitchers available have already signed. No, it uh, wasn't going anywhere. No, no. Yeah. So that was one of the first things that happened. First major things, I should say, that happened this offseason is that Aaron Nola re-upped with the Phillies. That's no surprise there. He was always going to be more valuable to the Phillies than anybody else. And he got his money and good for him. And, you know, that was not a surprise on the part of anyone. Um, but the other like major pitcher that got signed was actually just today, um, as we record this on Monday. Sonny Gray signed with the Cardinals, uh, who are stockpiling a bunch of pitchers, but Sonny Gray is by far the best one. Uh, they also signed Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. So they're just like running out a rotation full of like old white veterans, uh, more or less. Uh, someone said something like, like people have been posting memes of like the the Cardinals rotation and, and Steven Matz. I I don't know. Is Steven Matz a veteran at this point? Hard to say. I guess. Um, I'm not ready for that conversation. He's still on the Cardinals. Yeah, that's the little thing. Uh, somebody posted a picture of like the, the Cardinals rotation. It was like <laughs> it was like the line behind you at the Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, like the damn so true. Um, so yeah, that's the Cardinals are stockpiling those types of guys. Um, Kenta Maeda signed with the Tigers. Uh, that's kind of weird, but sure. Go, go off, go off Tigers. You do you. Um, the Braves are doing like some shady shit that I don't trust. Cause they're, they're like doing a bunch of like weird trades that are all going to work out for them somehow. Um, uh, because that's the shit that always happens for them. They signed the one thing they did do is they signed Reynaldo Lopez, um, which is interesting. They they're going to make him a starting pitcher. Um, he may just end up staying a reliever. But even if they do, even if he does like $10 million a year, three years, I think 10 million a year, I think they did for him. And so that's. I mean, that's an expensive eighth inning guy, but it's not out of the realm of what eighth inning guys make. That was based. I, I said it uh, when the news broke, I think I was in the car with Michael and I said, that's literally the Jerry's Familia contract. Oh, jeez. Yeah. 
So pretty much. Um, and they all, but they did some like trades. They traded Kyle Wright, um, for uh for Jackson Kawar. And that is a sign that they, it is clear to me that they think Kyle Wright is done uh, and toasted. Um, and they also traded a boatload of players, including Mike Soroka, who they also clearly think is toasted uh, for White Sox reliever uh, Aaron Bummer. Um, and the White Sox are stupid and easily fleeced. So I have a feeling that this is, yeah, that this is the Braves, you know, doing their usual hijinks where they, give up nothing and get incredible talent back or they like the reverse Mariners. Yeah. (laughs) Or they sign a player for, you know, whatever, like they sign Reynaldo Lopez for three years and 30 million. And he ends up being like a number one starter because Braves. Yeah. So they're doing a bunch of stuff and I don't trust them. Yeah, they they like the Mets, uh, much like the Mets are like made a bunch of room on their 40 man roster by like getting rid of a bunch of players, which the Mets did that. They they all they like they got rid of like 16 players on their 40 man roster in the span of like two weeks. The Mets, (laughs) which impressive. Um, There were some other like kind of interesting, not big deal, but like sort of interesting trades. Um, Scott Barlow was traded to the Guardians um, and the Guardians traded Cal Quantrill to the Rockies. Poor Cal Quantrill. That's mean. Trading any pitcher to the Rockies is mean. Yeah, there's got to be some kind of protection in contracts. Seriously. (laughs) Where's the union on that one? I know, right? Um, (laughs) The pitchers need their own union. Yeah, so Cal Quantrill's always been like a marginal back end starter and like and fine, fine. He's the type of guy that like is always available in my fantasy league every year and I pick him up when three of my pitchers get hurt, sort of guy. Um and so then you need that guy. He's always been fine, but you can't send that guy to the Rockies because <laughs> then he's going to become non-rosterable. <laughs> And he's not a yeah. strikeout guy either. No, so I don't. No. That's special. R.I.P. Cal Contrill. There are probably some other moves I'm forgetting, but those are kind of like the ones that caught my eye when I was like reviewing MLB trade rumors and remembering what has happened so far. Yeah, just as exciting as we all had hoped. Yeah, the thrilling ride into the holiday season that we were all waiting for. Mets have not done really anything except for their tender, non-tender decisions. And uh, they've signed a couple guys to minor league deals. I th- the most notable among those was a uh, reliever Cole Solcer, who has had somewhat of a major league career. Um, so we'll, it's one of those, like, we'll see if that sticks. Well, I think things. part of the problem, too, is two years ago on Black Friday, the Mets signed Marte, Escobar, and Canna within hours of each other. Right. Like, that was year, so fun. Like, R.I.P. <laughs> I know. I, I completely oh, forgot that that all happened on Black Friday. That's yeah, right. Within hours of each other. It's like, wait, what? You're that was still so going? cool. That was that so was cool. So remember cool. when we remember when we were like, everything's different now. The Mets are cool now. The Mets yes. are good. The Mets are being aggressive. They're yes. not Someday the they market. will be again, Allison. Well, we we've, we've made our way out of irrelevance once. We could do it again, I believe in us. Right. I mean, the 2022 Mets were good. <laughs> they were. We will never forget them. Oh. Um 
So the the final thing uh, that is uh, that is on tap for this week is a sort of late breaking story that Maggie brought to my attention that I didn't even know about. <laughs> How did you miss this? Was I was in my I was in my work and then I went straight to PT Heidi Hole, I guess, and I missed oh. this entirely today. I was very offline today, so I missed this entirely. But this is you spend one day offline, Allison. I know, seriously, and look this, what you miss. This is absolutely bonkers though which is that apparently sports illustrated has been publishing articles by fake ai generated writers yeah (laughs) like it's not even that the articles are generated it seems like they have come up with um like writer profiles and names photos that are also ai generated yeah the bylines are all ai ai all the way down yes and like, spoiler alert, I have read bits and pieces of some of the articles in question, which, by the way, Sports Illustrated just deleted all of. Yep. Um, they were not good. They had big, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, AI energy. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys see that? I assume you did because it's been all over all over Twitter and all over the Internet. Did you see that like AI singer songwriter that wrote a song yes the creepy singer songwriter awful and the song is so bad it's like it's like why are we putting ai in like art now like like i mean it's always been in art obviously but like it's like stop putting ai in like creative endeavors that's like the opposite of I'm not yeah. anti AI in general. Like AI can help with a lot of stuff and it can be really useful for certain applications, but like creative endeavors, like like creative writing and like music and art, like why are we doing this? Doesn't it take the well, it the, the joy out like, of all of it? They're just run by venture capitalist firms yeah. who don't particularly care about any of the Part that's not the money. Like that's the only reason they exist is now to make more and more money. And, you know, with the like infinite growth expectations, like that means cutting more and more costs. And it's really getting easier and easier to not pay writers, it seems. But like what's what's scary is that, you know, eventually there's gonna be more of this than actual writing. And that's when the yep. AI starts to feed off of itself. And it is going to get, like, photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy real fast. Yep, and it's, yep. it's bad yeah. enough already. And, like, by the time it actually becomes truly unreadable, all of the writers will be gone. And I don't know how you get back from that. So, like, please, <laughs> please stop turning the Internet's words into meaningless soup please and training training the uh the language model on a bunch of ai generated articles i'm sure that will go well yeah what they did was they put links in it that they make money from so you're not paying a writer and you're getting money from the from the affiliated links you put in the articles and also i mean what is so i guess okay big asterisk everywhere allegedly because a uh, sports illustrated also came out or i should say like the vc group that owns them and others and what they basically said was like yes you know or it was like was like these are real people who wrote real articles and we did it through this this outside service that 
you know, we already thought was maybe bad, but they're definitely real articles written by real people. We are absolutely sure of that. And as any media company does when they are absolutely sure of something, they turned off replies <laughs> in their shitty statement. Yep. Where they were like, this is definitely real. You're being mean to us. Stop slandering and like we've us. We've just talked about this before, and it's it's just actual good sports writing jobs being turned into nothing like i guess they call it content generation but like what do you you even like read that i don't understand no who is nobody's actually reading this stuff because if they did they would realize that it was written by a literal robot right um this is the this is the opener uh for one of the articles about this from futurism um <laughs> There was nothing in Drew Ortiz's author biography at Sports Illustrated to suggest that he was anything other than human. Drew has spent much of his life outdoors and is excited to guide you through his never-ending list of the best products to keep you from falling to the perils of nature, it read. Nowadays, there is rarely a weekend that goes by where Drew isn't out camping, hiking, or just back on his parents' farm. The only problem? Outside of Sports Illustrated, Drew Ortiz doesn't seem to exist. He has no social media presence and no publishing history. And even more strangely, his profile photo on Sports Illustrated is for sale on a website that sells AI-generated headshots where he's described as, quote, neutral white young adult male with short brown hair and blue eyes. Great. To be fair, that basically does describe like 65% of the sports media industry. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Very he true. He fits right in. He fits right in. Yeah, like if I saw, I mean, I'm He's looking at it. And they proceed to post the photo. Like they show the photo of what Drew Ortiz, air quotes, supposedly looks like. And like, I would buy that as like a guy who writes about sports. Looks like a dude who writes about sports, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but also his last name is Ortiz. Ortiz. And they made him very white. Not that there aren't like white dudes, like white white dudes or white passing dudes whose last name is Ortiz, but try a little harder. Also, he does not look like somebody who spends his summers on a farm. No, it does not. Show me the farmer's tan, Drew Ortiz. <laughs> well, and I feel like the, the most damning thing is this like is this creating of like fictional writers because to me i feel like okay so if it's ai it's ai lots of companies have ai you know content that's not new but it's this like charade of maintaining all these like fake people who like rotated around they would like rotate through different writers and like that's the part that feels so so really insidious and underhanded and like this is kind of how it all rots out. Well, they even mentioned that in the article. They say you kind of broke the contract between writer and reader because when you put a byline on something, you're, the readers are going to react to, either, to it either positively or negatively, and they're going to reach out to the author of that article. And, for, and that's how it keeps, you know, fact-checking in check and... But you broke that contract now because there is no author to reach out to. Opinion. Well, the Mets should trade yeah. Pete Alonso this offseason. Oh, no, it's an AI article. And the and the people in the comments are yelling at nobody. Well, it's well, also, and it's about, like, just, you know, know, not at that point. <laughs> taking responsibility. It's, you know, <laughs> so it's like, oh, I definitely heard that, you know, Pete Alonso is getting traded. It's coming out tomorrow. 
And then like, oh no, that was actually AI generated. Like, you know, that's, that's coming from an outside source. That's not us. And it, it's like, that's what they're hiding behind now is like not taking responsibility for what's actually being reported on. Yeah. Do you think that they're going to have AI generated podcasts? Are we going to be out of a job too? Well, they had that AI woman singing. What if they do like take the next step and have her podcasting? Yeah. We're all, we're all getting replaced by robots. Oh, well. (laughs) Oh, well. I mean, I think the good news is that we don't get paid enough to be at the top of anyone's list to eliminate. That's true. The the robot won't feel pain when she's talking about the Mets, so no, maybe it's no. better this way. <laughs> but we'll still feel pain. We just won't have an outlet to release it. <laughs> <laughs> just have to go back to throwing my remote at the TV like I used to. Like normal. <laughs> like normal. We're all going to end up drinking a lot more. <laughs> but then we'll there be an AI-generated players. <laughs> I mean, it's all just a giant slot machine anyway at this point. Why not? Yeah, sure. Um, all right. To, to to end this uh, AI generated podcast on a more positive note, um, we will uh, do walk off wins, where we each talk about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Linda Servich, what is your walk off win for this week? Um, mine's probably Thanksgiving. Um, it's always, you know, a good, one of my favorite holidays. The food's always good. But, you know, it's one of the few times I get to see my extended family over, over the course of a year. Um, so, uh, my poor niece got sick in the morning, so she did not make it to Thanksgiving on Thursday, but then my mom does a second Thanksgiving for just my immediate family on Saturday. So I got two Thanksgivings <laughs> and I actually, uh, I made cookies. This was my first year attempting baking and not something store bought. And I also made a pasta salad, uh, a butternut squash and orzo pasta salad that I think came out. Okay. That sounds um, delicious. Yeah, yeah, I was actually really proud of myself with a nice balsamic glaze. It was it was actually pretty good. And I have all the leftovers, so I'm set for the rest of the week. But, it, it you know, it is it's always a, a nice time to, you know, just get together, eat, drink and just general. Plus, then we all do fantasy football together. So then there was a lot of trash talking about fantasy football <laughs> and nervousness watching the game hoping your guys the, scores points and, that's what the holiday is all about yeah, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> what you're just supposed to be stand there and be thankful like no <laughs> um uh, but still so the well, the butt fumble thanksgiving because all my family are jets fans it was still one of the best memories <laughs> 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 it is one of those things every time i watch it it's still really funny <laughs> it will always be funny my apologies to jets fans but it's hilarious it's really funny so yeah no it was, it was a good time and then my niece was feeling better on on saturday so we're able to see the kids um on mm. saturday so it was, it was a good time and then i went black friday shopping i braved the malls and it was I, I spent money on myself, which, you know, you got to take advantage of the sales. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just overall a really 
nice weekend and tough to go back to work today. Yeah. The Monday after the holiday is always the worst. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. Jets fans spent their Thanksgiving uh, not too long ago witnessing the butt fumble. I spent my Black Friday witnessing the Jets embarrass themselves again on national television. <laughs> so uh, time honored tradition, as they say. Yeah, what would we do without the Jets on Thanksgiving? Seriously. Um, Maggie Wigan, what is your walk-off win for this week? All right, so stop me if you've heard this one. And sorry, Allison, because I think I saw it on the sheet too. Um, my walk-off win is Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, it's my favorite holiday. And I've been going through some family changes the last year, and it's just really special to get to... Be there for my favorite holiday with the best food. We went to my mom's house and my mom cooks so good. And it was just a really chill, happy time. And my mom was doing almost all the cooking, which is insane. Um, and that meant that I got to spend the entire morning in my jam jams watching the parade. And that is not something I have done in many years. Certainly not none of the years that I've had children. I have like remained in my jam jams watching the parade. So that was that was super special. Um, and then I do have to do a quick shout out just because I assigned this to <laughs> to my walk-off win a couple weeks ago, which is that Starbucks brought back the gingerbread lattes. Yeah, It's been five years, and they have always been the best of the holiday offerings, especially for people who don't always want the absolute sweetest thing on the menu. Um, so shout out gingerbread lattes. I had written an email, so I'm assuming it was my doing. You're welcome. <laughs> We're all going to, I'm, I'm going to assume that it was your doing too. It was definitely my doing. Absolutely. I had a nice Thanksgiving too, so that's also my walk-off win. Before before the Jets ruined it all, that's not that's not part of it. They don't get to be a part <laughs> of it. That was part of my Thanksgiving weekend, but they don't get to be a part of the walk-off win. It was cold and the game was bad, and that's all I'm gonna say about that part. Um, Wait, you win? Oh yeah, I was there physically. Oh. My my body was in the seat. Yes, oh. it was not a happy. It was not a happy tweet. It was happy for some people that I was with. So, it, it, I mean, we bought so we got tickets to this game ages ago because uh, as folks who know me know, um, my fiance is a Jets fan, but my brother and dad are Dolphins fans. So they uh, this was a little f fun family rivalry game. So my brother and my dad had a great time. Michael did not have a good time. Yeah. I did not have a good time because I was cold. That's a good enough reason cold. for me. I care much more about how cold it is than yes, same. So. Um, but I mean, I did get to witness like the the like mood change in the building between like the because the Jets picked off Tua and scored a touchdown. They ha they had a pick six. And then, th so that was like the jubilation because it got them within, I think, one score. I can't remember. Got them within a touchdown, I think, um, at the time. And then right before the half, uh, which was shown on probably every every television and every like uh, every uh, sports center um, highlight, the right before the half ended, the Jets threw a Hail Mary into oh yes i did see that into the end zone which the dolphins caught and returned 
98 yards or 99 yards for a touchdown. Not what you want. Basically put the game entirely out of reach for the Jets. And it was absolutely horrendous. And that happened like right after the pick six. It was like not too long after that. So, yeah, it was a big, big mood swing change. And it was cold the whole time. I was very cold. I didn't like it. So last year when I went to a, a Jets game in person, it rained the whole time. It wasn't that cold temperature wise. It was like in the 50s, but it was raining, pouring as hard as it could possibly rain. And this time it was like cold. <laughs> and I'm like, Michael, next year I am begging you. Can we please go to a game in September? I just like can't do this anymore. <laughs> um, I mean, at the very least, maybe he doesn't want you to come at all anymore. Like that's some bad juju. Yeah. They won the rain game I was at. In oh. fact, that was okay. the last game they won last season. I just assumed because it was the Jets. Yeah, <laughs> fair. It's a fair <laughs> assumption it to is. make. Yeah. It is. No, that was the last game they won last season. I watched Mike White whiffed the Jets to victory, and then they did not win any games after that the whole rest of the season. So I am not the bad. I am not the bad uh, omen here. It's not me. Not my fault. (laughs) Very Zach Scott of you. Yeah, very Zach Scott of me. Not my fault. Not my problem. I was not responsible for the James McCann contract. That was Sandy. (laughs) Um, so, but my actual walk-off win was Thanksgiving day, which was lovely. Um, we were were at Michael's mom's and Michael's mom is a wonderful cook. Um, and so yeah, moms that can cook. Hooray. Yeah. Much like your mom, Maggie, she cooked basically everything, but I did make one very important contribution to the Thanksgiving spread, which is my aunt's famous carrot souffle. Ooh, it, it is delicious, and it got compliments from everybody at Michael's nice. Thanksgiving, and that made me happy because now I can bring that in from my family's Thanksgiving tradition to my new family's Thanksgiving tradition. Um, so that's that's very nice, and that makes me happy, and it makes up for the carrot souffle I left on the train. <laughs> yeah that's a funny story it's not a walk-off win in the sense that it's not happy but now that like it's over and i'm done feeling like very angry and upset at myself about it now it's funny and i can talk about it um important moment in every story exactly so i made this carrot souffle three different times in the span of a week um, because it's the thing that i bring to all the thanksgiving type gatherings so i brought it you know, the weekend before Thanksgiving, I brought it to our like we had like a Friendsgiving, my friends and I, which was also lovely um, and uh, wonderful. So I brought it to my Friendsgiving. It was a big hit there. And then Monday, the Monday before Thanksgiving, it was my work's Thanksgiving potluck. So I had planned to bring the carrot souffle to that as well. I made it. I I spent all morning slaving over it so I could bring it to the Thanksgiving potluck at lunchtime. Um, I brought I I packed it up nice and good, and it's like to go tin with the lid. Um, and I put it in a nice insulated bag with a serving spoon so that it would stay warm on the train Sounds on the like way to work. Sounds like you're being super careful, and I bet it's all going to pay off. I know. Yeah, that's how these o- <laughs> this story always now ends, Now for right? the end of the story. Let's hear it go. My commute to work involves a transfer between one line of the metro and another one. 
So I got off at my transfer station with my backpack, with my computer in it. Um, the casserole was on the seat next to me. I got up with my backpack. I did not get up with the, <laughs> with oh, the bag with the casserole or no. with the souffle in it. Tragic story. And I literally realized it after I stepped onto the platform and I turned around and watched the train drive away and no. I could see my bag through the window <laughs> sitting on the seat oh. and it was driving away. And I was no. like, well, there goes the souffle. Goodbye. That's an O. Henry story right there. It really is. It really is. And I was like, I just like, it was one of those moments where I, I like stood on the platform and I just went, shit. Like, and startled the man next to me because he was like, "Why is this woman like freaking out, cursing on the platform?" Um, See, at least in on the New York City subway, like five people would have seen, and they would nobody would have grabbed it in time, but they all be like, "Man, that sucked." Yeah, and sometimes no. like that's all what you need is like some random stranger being like, "That sucked." The woman who was sitting in the seat behind me, in the row behind me, um. Like she, when I looked into the window and saw my bag, she and I locked eyes for a second. I think she knew. And she just kind of looked at me like, oh shit, I'm so sorry. And as the train is driving away and she's still on it, she kind of looked at the bag and looked what at me and was like, we're supposed to have that, wasn't she? Um, yeah. So I showed up to my work function empty handed. But luckily, they had so much food and I was able to tell them the story and they all laughed about it and it was fine. Um, And I am just the only thing that makes me feel better about that whole situation is that is the image of some poor metro worker having to examine this unmarked, unattended bag (laughs) for bombs and instead finding a carrot souffle, which I hope that they were able to enjoy. Like, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that happens a lot this time of year. Probably. Yes. It's like, oh, free food. I mean, probably shouldn't eat free food you find on the train as a general rule, because who knows yeah. what's in that? Who can but for say? Thanksgiving? You have to at least consider it. But yes. like, you know, there's on. some good stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. Like, I hope that some I hope that Metro employees enjoyed it. I, I, I filed a like missing like item report with Metro because like that was a really nice insulated bag and a nice serving spoon that also hit the dust with the souffle uh but i have no hope of getting that back i don't think sadly but yeah so that's my thanksgiving mishap but then i redeemed myself by making the carrot souffle a third time for the family thanksgiving and it was a big hit there so third time's a charm two out of three ain't bad that's that's a that's a 667 batting average and that would uh put me for the greatest season of all time that's what i have to say (laughs) (laughs) um i hope that you all also had uh, a wonderful thanksgiving however you celebrate or don't celebrate it um i hope that you were able to spend time with family and at the very least if not have a nice restful long weekend um yeah we will record again in a couple of weeks um and in the meantime you can go to homerunapplesauce.com to check out all of our fantastic pods if you would like to support our work and we encourage you to do so it's a really nice a patreon subscription is a really nice gift to get for your family member just just saying it's a really nice gift to get someone um so or yourself don't forget yourself treat yourself man treat yourself it's a holiday comes but once a year Mm -hmm. and it would make our holidays a lot better if we got some new patrons that'd be awesome 
Um, you can go to patreon.com. Which is coming. Holiday content is coming. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash home run applesauce to support our work. You can follow Home Run Applesauce on Twitter and Instagram at HR Applesauce. You can follow this show on social media. We are at a pod of their own on all of the things. You can follow us, uh, each of us on Twitter and Blue Sky. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servich. And you, Maggie? At Maggie162. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app of choice. Just search Home Run Applesauce. You should be able to find all of our wonderful podcasts right there. If you rate and review the show, it really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crime in podcast.